0: There is a goldmine of data found in your customer support tickets, feedback, bugs, operational improvements, product ideas, you name it. Your customers are begging you to fix their problems. And our sponsor this week, OmniPanel, does the job to surface all of these insights for you automatically, and send them to the right person on your team. Next time there's a bug request, boom, goes to the product department. Next time there's an operational idea, great, goes to your COO. There's never been something like this before, and I'm really excited to share OmniPanel with you, a great software to streamline all these requests. If you're interested in trying out OmniPanel, go to omnipanel.io and let them know Forward Thinking Founders sent you. That is O M N I P A N E L dot I O. Thank you so much, OmniPanel, for sponsoring this episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Now, let's get into today's episode. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they wanna build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all of these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Yet. most of them haven't hit product market fit these are just early stage companies and the big question is what can this be and in this podcast we bring that out so with that i really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode and i've already done 200 plus so if you like this one listen to some of the other ones like with Amadi fund austin allred leah culver we have great interviews so check it out enjoy the repository and for now let's get into the day's episode here we go all right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. We talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Troy Bolus, who is the co-founder of OmniPanel. Welcome to the show, Troy. How's it going?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm really excited for this episode because I... I we even a whole hour blocked out for this to learn all about what you're working on because you know because you graciously you know are this week's sponsor for forward-thinking founders so we want to take a super deep dive into the OmniPanel and give the listeners an idea of who is or who like who is OmniPanel you hear the snippet every single time an episode goes but who really is Troy who is OmniPanel so I'm excited to kind of like get into the weeds here. For people that don't know what OmniPanel is or just hearing about it for the first time, can you kind of tell us what is OmniPanel?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so we're a SaaS tool that helps businesses surface insights out of their customer support tickets. You know, at a previous company that I had started, um, was responsible for product and engineering, and honestly, their, our support tickets were just a goldmine of information. Everything from product requests features, bugs, ops problems, like literally everything just kind of filtered through our customer support system. So, I mean, I'd I'd sit there and comb through hundreds, if not thousands of support tickets every day, trying to deep dive cases, understand what's going wrong. So, you know, once we exited that company, we're trying to figure out what we should kind of work on next. And yeah, it was just kind of a no brainer. The insights are just so valuable and there's no software out there to really make it any easier.
0: So let's kind of walk through, if someone was to uh, um, to use OmniPanel, what that experience is like. So let's kind of just go step by step. So I hear you know about OmniPanel on the Forward Thinking Founders podcast. I think it's cool. I go to your website. I check it out. Can you kind of walk me through um, the process of getting on board? Is it an extension? Is it an app? And once I get into the platform, um, how do I set it up? How do I get going with it?
1: Yeah, definitely. So when we set out to build everything around OmniPanel, you know, we see a lot of the other SaaS tools that are out there. And they all anything kind of in this analytics sort of space requires just a bunch of kind of dev work in order to onboard yourself. You know, you need to install an SDK, you need to add a bunch of things to your API, and it just slows the roadmap down, kind of takes forever. So we tried to take the approach as much as possible to like a no-code, self-serve self, sort, self serve sort of platform. So all you need to do as a product manager, as a head of marketing, as someone on the CX team who wants to really start pulling all these insights out, you know, go to the website, um, sign up, create your account from there. And then all you need to do is connect your help desk system, which is literally copying and pasting like an API key and a subdomain, and then also link your company's database. So that's just like Postgres. Uh, database credentials, and then any other sort of analytic services that you're using. So if you're using Mixpanel, you can copy and paste those API keys in, link your Stripe system to look at payment data, link your payment or link your texting data from Twilio. And, you know, what we kind of do is make sense of all these various disparate data sources in context of the qualitative issues that show up in your support system.
0: So that's awesome that you're able to hook up to pretty much all of these these APIs. And just to make sure I understand the reason I would want to hook up to these different services, because this is where, this is how customers, like if I'm using OmniPanel, this is how people kind of get in touch with the the company. It might, you know, it might be via text, it might be via support ticket, and you ultimately want to cover every single area that a customer could be reaching out. Is that kind of the idea here?
1: Yeah, definitely hitting those. And then also, like a user's question is really influenced about how they've seen your company, right? So that can be the amount of ads they've seen, the email marketing promos that they've gotten, the push notifications that you've sent, and the specific pages on your app or website that they've gone through. So it's super important for you, as someone who's kind of analyzing these cases, to figure out what went wrong to kind of cause this person to reach out in the first place. It's super important for you to understand everything that your user has seen and kind of see their entire user journey, whether it's in your app or out of your app. Um, Again, based on any ads or promos that they may have seen.
0: So I do want to keep diving deeper into the experience, how it works. But before, before we get there, um, I would love to actually like back up a little bit. And you, you did mention this slightly, but I want to kind of give you, give you a room to k- tell the full story. What is the origin story for OmniPanel when you decided to start it? Why did you decide it then? Um, and kind of what's the, what's that uh, point when you decided, you know, we, we got to solve this problem. We have to solve it now. What's the origin story?
1: Yeah, definitely. So yeah, as I mentioned, um, you know, I dropped out of UCLA for two years to move to Boston, then to New York to start a company with my brother and a couple of his friends from school. And so that company was called seated. It's a you know restaurant rewards app. You book a place, uh, you know, one of our restaurant partners and you get 10 to $50 of Amazon Lyft, or Starbucks credit. So, you know, kind of a natural consumer marketplace sort of product. Obviously you're going to be having a bunch of customer support just dealing with people's nightly plans. Um, you know, they're booking, they're trusting you, with their night so obviously things have to go perfectly and then on the restaurant side of things you know you're sending them diners and you know we had what at the time about five or thousand restaurants or so so and like the number of diners was like five six hundred thousand so certainly a healthy volume of people on there and again our users were great they would kind of reach out about every little thing that they had questions about so again this was suggesting what restaurants we should put on the app what the rewards are what the time slots we offered getting restaurants of different types of cuisines um, a new place that opened in Midtown and then again everything that we were doing wrong if a reservation went wrong if the restaurant didn't know about it the correct promo didn't come through the app was crashing a promo code we sent didn't make sense every single thing so we kind of had this general hypothesis there that literally every single Problem in your business, it ultimately manifests itself in the customer support tickets. So, you know, I worked with my brother, who's the other co-founder, and he was on the CX team. I ran product and engineering, and so we, you know, we're, we're founders. we obviously care about solving our users' problems more than anybody. So, we sat and just read read through all these customer support cases, manually pulled out all the insights, deep dove them in the admin panel, tried to figure out what the hell was going on, so we could solve their problem. Um, so yeah, that was kind of what led to us wanting to start this. So we left that company, um, in 2019, you know, they just raised their series B, uh, like 30 at 120, from a couple of VCs like insight and whatnot. So, you know, after we took some time off and relaxed a bit, we were like, okay, this is, this was one of the most powerful things that we did. And honestly, it was the, one of the biggest pains that we had at seated. So. Hey, if we're looking to start another company, this would probably be a good problem to start with and solve.
0: And I actually want to keep keep going along this on the the idea of you you have some experience. You decide to start another company. Can you kind of walk me through when you made that decision to get back in the arena, start it, start another company? This you know Omni Panel. Do you remember what the first like? months was like and what you did during that first month. Like, did you fundraise out of the get? Did you build product? Did you get pre-orders? I think a lot of people don't tell the stories of just like literally the first activity that you spend time on when you start a company. I'm curious, are you open to sharing just, you, you know what you're doing, but what did you do first when you decided to start OmniPanel?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, after just kind of recently leaving this marathon, Um, that is kind of starting a company. The last thing we really wanted to do was jump in right away. Um, You know, I took winter off, I just skied a bunch and it was great. Um, And so we thought for our next venture, whenever it was time to go back to work, the idea was to just almost start like a basic Shopify app or, you know, something that's pretty easy to maintain. Bootstrap never would be a big business, but would kind of pay us a decent living without having to do that much work. That was kind of the plan that my brother and I had for ourselves. Um, So, you know, we were trying a couple of things, didn't really get traction on anything. And then we just kind of kept coming back to this idea. So, and again, we were just kind of going to turn this into maybe a small text analyzer, just something easy that could run itself and not require us to kind of go that venture out and nose to the grindstone and bust our balls for the next 10 years. But as we started to kind of go through our customer development and we're reaching out to, you know, different potential customers and talking them through everything, the need just became way, way, way more apparent than we had originally anticipated. Like, I obviously knew I had this problem, but we, you know, diving into it, we didn't quite understand how well it would resonate with other people. So it was really just the demand that we started seeing off the bat that were like, okay, maybe there's something a bit more here than a simple little app that's going to pay you a million bucks a year and kind of call it a day. Maybe this does actually have the potential to be a big business and is a big enough pain point for a lot of people at companies. So again, just kind of continuing that customer development thing. We're like, okay, this is real. We should probably put our heads down and focus a little bit. And that's kind of where we are today.
0: God, I appreciate you sharing that. I think the the early, early days of, of startups and companies are, are fascinating. So let's kind of fast forward or, um, you know, just not fast forward, just like talk a little more about the product. So we talked about, you know, you, you can, you can sign up, you hook up with different APIs, ways that people, you know, get in touch with you. And then, um, walk me through what you then, like what one of your customers could, experience once that data starts flowing in um can you kind of share some of the i don't know if you call them features but once you know ticket tickets come in uh, te- uh, data from Twilio comes in you know it, it's happening what then happens with uh, with omni panel and what, what can customers do
1: yeah definitely so what we were seeing um you know we're working with a couple of e-commerce companies just because nature of their business they a lot of customer support tickets so obviously a lot of data to analyze um so one of the companies that we're working with they're a subscription e-commerce business and you know for any sort of subscription business the name of the game for them is retention if they can extend that ltv out from you know three months to six seven eight ten whatever it is they're going to be printing cash but if that user churns and cancels their subscription on month two or just after month one they're lighting money on fire. Um, So for this company that we're working with, their main goal was to improve their retention, keep those users as customers for as long as possible, and obviously make a lot of money. Um, So what we were able, once they kind of connected with us, what we were able to do is create a couple of cohorts for them around um, these quantitative data parameters. And interestingly enough, what they were able to find out, for whatever reason, around their third or fourth rebuilding cycle, something would really go wrong in their operations. So a lot of times they would just deliver the wrong type of product to whatever that user had ordered. And that was obvious, that was leading to a large component of their churn. The users in general were really satisfied with the product that they were getting, the experience and the results of everything. But it was just a small, like a relatively simple and big operational mistake that was causing these users to turn out, you know, that it's a relatively new company. They don't have a whole lot of brand awareness. And I think a lot of their customers were just freaked out that this was a scammy sort of company, which absolutely wasn't the case. Something had just kind of broken their ops. So, you know, we were able to reveal that for them pretty quickly. It probably took like, I don't know, I want to say like three, four days of them being on and kind of setting everything up and they were able to pull that insight out really quickly um, and then solve that core issue, which is really what it's all about.
0: And let's talk a little bit about um, the, the types of companies you think could do best with OmniPanel. Um, are there certain personas you know you just mentioned one that you're currently working with but are there types of companies that that kind of would get more benefit out of OmniPanel than others is it helpful for anyone that has any, any data coming in who's your I guess ideal customer here
1: yeah so what we really where we can kind of add the most value for people and our initial customers kind of seem to fall in this sort of category um, it's obviously companies that have a decent volume of customer support. Because if you don't have a customer support system or you know, you're know you a services kind of company that works with three big clients that pay you each you know, five, 10 million bucks a year, whatever it is, then you, you have no real use for us. But any company that's in the e-commerce space or is a low price SaaS tool where one, they have a lot of customer support and two, they're really trying to increase that retention increase LTV, reduce churn, those are a lot of the companies that, you know, we seem to be doing really well for. So a lot in the consumer space and the e-commerce space and also in the low-priced SaaS space. Got it. Do you ever find that you,
0: I mean, you obviously could be your own customer with this. Um, How do you kind of think about, um what to build next um like, you know if you have if, if you're if you're almost in your ideal persona you kind of know what to build you probably have feature requests left and right curious as the as the you know leader of this company how do you balance requests from potential customers current customers future customers um their requests while balancing that with your vision and product kind of direction that you're going in do you do kind of a good formula for this
1: yeah, it's tough to say that there's a specific formula because it's really as much art as it is science. You know, if you're exclusively listening to what your users are telling you to build, you can get a couple of easy wins and low hanging fruit that way. Um, so, like a, either small design adjustments, little features here and there. But in general, it's a really, you're going to have a really, really tough time if you're kind of exclusively focusing on that user feedback to drive your product forward if you have a vision in your head. And honestly, that's kind of one of the main things we're able to understand from using OmniPanel is, it's, you know, there's a bunch of those sayings, like you never really want to listen to what your customer specifically says and requests. It's You just really want to focus on your customer problem. And that's kind of the general insight that we see with OmniPanel, is that by definition, every customer support ticket is inherently a user problem. Nobody reaches out to customer support to say, "Hey, how's it going?" Everything in there is because that user has a specific problem that they want solved.
0: So that that seems, you know, it's a learning that you've come across as you've been building company. Is now now this one? I'm curious. What are some other? learnings that you, that you had since you started OmniPanel or going back to the last company you worked on? I mean, it could be about product market, you know, your own psychology. What have you learned along the journey so far?
1: Yeah, I think kind of a big one is all you, you really want to kind of look out for interesting user behavior in your analytics or something that doesn't quite match your expectation. So, If you, you have, you obviously have a vision for how people are going to be using your product, but a lot of times the user ends up using it in a significantly different way than you had originally designed or intended. And honestly, what you want to try and figure out is what the user is really trying to accomplish and then build around that case. It's really an amazing thing. And again, it doesn't always happen. It always depends on your company or whatever it may be. Um, but if you kind of notice something is happening in that data or people trying to hack your product in a in a different way that you didn't intend, that's an amazing sign. And you should try and build around that use case as much as possible if you can.
0: What, can you kind of go dive a little deeper into that where people are like hacking on your product when people are, or like, you know, another example examples, like a lot of, a, a ton of feedback on your products. Can you kind of like um, explain to some people that are listening um, why that's like, like a good thing versus I feel like I've seen some founders be like frustrated that maybe um, users aren't using it in the exact way or taking a lot of time. Um, I, I understand the value of what you're saying, but I'd love for you to just kind of ex- expand on that a little bit for people listening.
1: Yeah, I'll try and give a clear example. Um, one that just kind of came to my head. So Well, we were at Seated, one, we had this interesting case, because a lot of times, the person who necessarily books a reservation, isn't the one who would necessarily be deserving of the full reward, because everybody was paying for it. So you kind of have this weird dynamic where, you know, because our model was we'd give like 10, 20, 30% back in rewards, depending on how much they spent. So sometimes you would have, and what we wanted to do was, and we kind of thought this would be a growth sort of thing for us. If one person books a reservation for six people, that's potential for us to get six more diners on the Omni panel because, or I'm, I'm on the seated at the time because we'd be theoretically giving them a reward. So we designed the UI and UX around a lot of sharing of the reward um, and just wanted to, to whoever booked that reservation to get us some additional diners but what we kind of noticed from there is like that wasn't really happening is that people would they'd literally get a text message be like hey download this and you have a five or ten dollar reward waiting for you um but you know that initial user who would book the reservation wouldn't necessarily always send that invite out so instead what we focus on is just rewarding that one diner as much as possible. Again, we were kind of seeing that in the data, like we wanted them to be sharing the app as much as possible and getting their other people on and in effect would lower their rewards. But instead, we just kind of, after figuring this out for a bit, we doubled down on giving that user who booked literally all of the reward. Um, And that ended up being a much better channel for us because then that user, I mean, they would go out to dinner. This one user pays the bill. You know, on their sixty dollar bill because it was split ten ways, they walk out with, you know, a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks to Amazon. Like that, that's an awesome deal for them. Obviously, um, so that's kind of how we pivoted that strategy, and it seemed to work out really, really well for us.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you you sharing that example, um, and that that's one of the great things about being. Um, a second time founder is that you have all these experiences, things that went right and wrong from previous experiences to th- kind of think about as you inform um you know you're the next company i actually have a question about that what has it been like Uh, what has it been like building this out knowing you have some experience you kind of know how this works can you kind of tell me the the difference not differences but the things that might be a little easier this time building the company and also is there anything that's harder as a second time founder that you maybe didn't expect or is it all kind of just you know a, a little easier from the first time around
1: yeah um So I'd say, honestly, pretty much everything is a hell of a lot easier. Um, Yeah, just everything from kind of our processes in and how to attract the right people, what campaigns to run, how to think about product. You know, I'm working with the same team that, you know, kind of built a lot of the initial things at Seated. I just like to work with people that I trust and I've worked with for a long time. And, you know, we've been working now together for, what, like six years or so so you obviously you don't have to get to know each other there's much smaller politics involved and everything kind of goes great from that front um what doesn't really get any easier in my mind is just solving a big problem um and you know fixing something that that needs to be fixed that part is honestly just as hard you can be the smartest person in the world and if the market you're in is bad or people just don't like your product and you're not just really solving a true need or don't have like a unique insight it doesn't really matter how good your design is or your processes are the people you are it's it's just not going to work um so i mean it's obviously been easier because we experienced this problem firsthand so that was a lot easier to kind of come up with but again at the end of the day that's that's really what it comes down to the rest will fall into place if you're genuinely solving a big problem and a big need
0: and as you look forward, not necessarily the the, the big vision, um, but even just on a quarterly basis, how do you how are you navigating the market and leading this company um, and, and knowing what to prioritize? Um, I guess on a in the next year, do you have a system for knowing what you want to build next, um, what you want to do next, what you want to focus on? I guess how do you think about what you want to spend time on in the near future versus the
1: super far future? Yeah, so. Um, honestly, we move very, very quickly and kind of more focus on weeks and months as opposed to quarters. I think it's, you know, a lot of people like to plan out that stuff and say we're gonna follow X, Y, and Z, but you know, that's not really my style necessarily. You know, if we're working on something, we just try to get it done, get it there, and improve as we go. I do have a general idea of where we're gonna go, what features are gonna build how we're gonna kind of permeate through an organization. Um, But yeah, I mean, we're pretty, we're just really focused on building the best product we can and then focused on distribution and sales. Um, The good thing about B2B is it's just a hell of a lot easier than a lot of other categories, just because it, it comes down to building and selling, building and selling just over and over and over again.
0: I guess I have a, a couple of questions on that front and then we'll go kind of big picture and big vision. Um, so since B2B is a little more formulaic, building, selling, building, selling, tell me a little bit about the, the selling part. How do you think about getting the word out about this and kind of growing the, a sales org and what have you learned as you build out OmniPanel um, or from your previous company about sales and distribution that's kind of giving you an edge now?
1: Yeah. So in the past, um, you know, we had a marketplace. So there's obviously the consumer sales and then the restaurant sales, which is kind of like that B2B component and marketplaces by definition just require a lot of money. There's really no way around that because you have to subsidize the other side while you're waiting for that user adoption and growth of the other side of your market to kind of come up. Um, the way that we think about about sales and kind of distribution right now, it's really focused on trying to get the product in the hands of the people that are going to be using it. Um, so that kind of looks like a generalized, um, and and again, this is kind of why we focused on building a self-serve no code sort of model so that you don't need to put this on the roadmap for your engineers and it's going to take two quarters to implement the solution that's just really too slow and yeah i'm just not a fan of that. i'm too impatient for that um what we kind of really focus on is getting that getting users to onboard themselves onto the product as quickly as possible anybody who wants to pull out those insights from their customer support tickets again we just kind of see it as this gold mine of data that's just sitting there so we focus on trying to have these users pull out all of the insights that they can. They don't necessarily need permission. They don't need a coder to help them. They don't need a data scientist to help them. They have all of the tools they need to pull out this data and then start taking action on it. Um, and then from there, you know, the kind of sales model will just go through selling organizations in more of a top-down fashion if we're finding good adoption at a company.
0: And in regards to what companies are able to, to do with OmniPanel, I want to make get, cover the, the anything that we didn't cover here. Is there anything that like that OmniPanel can do that accomplishes for companies that we haven't talked about that you kind of want to outline or overview just to make sure people have a full idea of, of what this product can do?
1: Yeah, if you want to talk about like specific use cases. So, I mean, one of the main ones, the way that we kind of think about it is there's Three types of personas in an organization that we really go for and target people on the product side of things people on the CX I like can uh, customer experience side of things and then finally people on the marketing side of things um, so what we're focused on is building unique tool sets around those specific personas or use cases um, so for marketing for example one of the big ones is allowing marketing teams particularly like retention teams to build audiences from issues that happened in those in their like offline support instances so for example let's say you're an e-commerce company and the package that you ordered it was broken it was the wrong size or something something in the offline world happened right now there's the only way that you you as a company can kind of address that specific problem is to send that user like a one-off appeasement, allow them to return it, whatever it may be. But there's no way for these companies to really at scale create retention marketing campaigns for these offline issues. And that's what OmniPanel enables because these offline issues really only exist in that customer support system.
0: I feel like there's almost, with this, there's in some capacity an unlimited, like as long as you have, you know, people come coming like, come to you with questions, problems, concerns, like the, the sky's, I, I think, the limit with OmniPanel. Like, is there any, I guess, um, is there any point on the opposite end? So let's say, obviously, you can't work with people without that many demands from customers right now. Is there a, a point where like, OmniPanel, is too much for OmniPanel. Is it just the more data that is incoming, the more valuable OmniPanel is
1: to a to a company? I think it definitely does because, well, customer. So, so we really focus on kind of unstructured data, qualify or uh, qualitative data. So, that's kind of really where we're trying to focus on, and it's focusing on customer support systems because that's the biggest untapped market that we see so far. So, yeah, we're not necessarily we're not trying to replace really anybody or trying to rebuild mixed panel or anything, those softwares work great. Um, but yeah, we do see a big opportunity in how your customers are kind of seeing and experiencing your product and what their thoughts are kind of outside of your app and service. So again, that's through the marketing campaigns that are being sent to them and what their responses are to that, to the Facebook or Google search ads or questions will be coming through there. Um, And again, all of those things kind of manifest themselves through the customer support system. So that's where I think, you know, talking about high vision and, you know, hopefully we get there again. We just kind of focus on what's in front of us and making sure our customers are happy and building out for their specific use cases. But that's kind of where I can see this potentially going.
0: And then if I kind of um, gave you the, the permission to to think super, super, you know, big vision, I know you're a founder, you kind of um, want to one step ahead of the other. But if like I forced you, like, great, in 10 years, or in 15 years, what will this company look like? Um, what, what What would you say? Or I guess, in other words, what is that big vision? And if the others helped to dream a little bit, kind of what what direction are you rowing in every day?
1: Yeah, I think it's really to become kind of like a second order, or third order um, customer data platform that's really focused on the qualitative data and the things that happen outside of your app. That's kind of how I see things and kind of tracking that user journey um, throughout all of the offline instances. So again, Facebook ads through promos, app store reviews, Amazon reviews, writing on Reddit, blah, whatever it is. Um, we can kind of take all of that and ingest it um, and pull out insights from those qualitative data pieces.
0: And, uh, in order to kind of make that happen and to be that 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 large kind of customer data platform you'll obviously need some help along the way um, you know you you need customers you might need more employees you might want investors partnerships anything along these lines I'm curious if people are listening to um, this episode and they want to help and um, how can they, what is an ask that you have for the forward thinking founders community? Um, that is something that, that the listeners can help you out with right now.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, the great, basically just the more customers and more people that we have onboarded um, and kind of seeing how they're using the insights that are pulled out from their customer support systems that always kind of informs at least at a high level of where we're trying to go and what we're trying to build. Um, again, I have my experiences and biases about where things should be. Um, but it's great to kind of see how our customers are using it and see if we can build around those specific use cases.
0: And if, um, well, I guess, before we go to, to kind of the last few questions, um, is there, um, any other element of OmniPanel, whether the founding story, how it works, personas, anything else that you want to kind of make sure that the listeners know understand about it, um, so they leave there knowing all they can about OmniPanel.
1: Um, no, honestly, I think that was that was basically it. Um, you know, try it out for yourself. There's there's a hell of a lot of useful data that's living in those tickets, and it's too hard to extract right now. Um, but no, I think that's that's pretty much it on my end, at least. So if
0: people are hearing this and they're like, wow, I really need to try this. This sounds incredible, which I'm assuming most of listeners are thinking that because like this plot, this is the insights you're able to get from this are you know, bonkers. How can how can someone um, give this a shot? What's your URL? Can they find you on social media? Can they email you if they have questions? I guess someone is ready to move. Um, how, how can they?
1: Yeah, um, Yeah. send me an email at troy.omnipanel.io at or go to our website omnipanel.io. Um, you know, give us a little bit more information about what your company is, what your kind of data models and structures, whatnot, and yeah, I'll, we can get you guys onboarded.
0: All right, Troy, it was great jamming with you about Omnipanel. I am also very appreciative of your support for Forward Thinking Founders. And just, I wish you the best of luck with OmniPanel and making this vision happen. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun.